2: This is your boy Rodney Perry, and um, man, I want to start the show off first of all all, by thanking all of you for the continued support. Uh, My website, RodneyPerry.com, is getting crazy traffic courtesy of you guys, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Go to the website, RodneyPerry.com. You can find all things Rodney Perry. The tour, the tour, Off the Chain Live is in full effect going from june 18th to august 28th so get ready get ready get ready it's going to be crazy we're going uh, to charlotte north carolina columbia south carolina birmingham alabama chattanooga tennessee nashville and we're going to finish up right here in atlanta georgia uh couldn't be more excited about that uh again you can go to the website to see all things rodney perry the blog talk um banner is on my website too you can you can also you can check out archive shows you know, like say friends, you you're listening to me live now, right, but guess what you don't have to catch me live. you can catch my show you can re you can go go back and click and listen to all the old shows, man, got some great guests always have great guests, upwards of a hundred and seventy shows, which is crazy. I only do this show once a week. Uh, and, you know, from time to time I might go on on a different day just to kind of maximize, you know, what I do. But um, I'm, I'm uh, again, super-duper excited, one, about doing this show because I only talk to people I want to talk to. You know, uh, myself, Miss Madeline Smith, we produce this show, and we talk to people that we like, and we try to talk to to awesome people, and that's no different today. My guest for the day is an awesome human being, uh, an incredible jazz artist, and uh, we're going to chat in a couple of minutes. I tell you what, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking to my man, Mr. Frank McComb. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. I'm talking about one of jazz's finest. Ooh, it's about to get crazy.
0: What's up, everybody around the world? Thanks for tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Remember to follow Rodney on Twitter, at Rodney Perry. And for all of your Rodney Perry updates, text Rodney Perry, with no spaces, to 41411. Again, to stay up to date, text Rodney Perry, with no spaces, to 41411.
2: What's the biggest number you can think of?
0: A trillion, billion, zillion.
2: That's pretty big. How about you?
0: Ten.
1: Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? Oh.
2: It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has
0: the nation's largest 4G network.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my, my, uh, my guest today is a virtuoso. Uh, he does what he does on such a high level. Uh, before I bring him line, take a listen. Frank McComb, A Song for All.
1: people watching
2: dream. Gentlemen, that is Frank McComb. Oh my goodness! Let me tell you something, Frank. Can I keep it completely <laughs> real? Let me keep it completely real with you right now. So well, that's
0: all I know. That's all I know. So go for it. <laughs> let me do this.
2: So I get, I get that, that that we got that um that piece right there. That medley is nine mm-hmm. minutes long. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my mind. I'm like, I cannot play this for nine minutes. Okay? <laughs> right. But then I'm 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 sitting here listening and I know the audience is doing what I'm doing. I'm I'm there. I can see you tickling the iris. I can see you singing. It was like I was at a concert, man, that was so awesome. I could not turn it off.
1: <laughs> you Let, sitting?
2: <laughs> Let it play. <laughs> Let it play. You, Let it you got play. The power?
0: You got the power. Go ahead. You got the power and the glory. Let Amen.
2: It. Let <laughs> it play, man. Oh my God, man! You, you are so gifted. You, you are so Thank gifted, you. man. Um, w- w- when did you? When did you know? Like, uh, do, do you, uh, no, well. Two questions. When did you know? And um, tell me about your training, too.
0: Well, I came up in the streets of Cleveland, Ohio. That was my college. Um, uh, I started playing piano at twelve. I was I was at my my grandma was the pastor of our church, and my aunt Evelina was one of the piano players there. You know, so uh, it was okay. crazy because right after right after service, Evelina starts writing this blues tune right after service, and I thought yeah, the yeah, coolest sir. thing because in my mind, in my mind, you know. That's freedom. (laughs) That's musical freedom. So I told her, I said, you know, Lena, I want you to teach me how to play piano because it looks real easy. You know, you make it look so easy. And she said, all right, Red, because that was my nickname. All right, Red, I'm going to teach you a little something, something. (laughs) After service, we get to my mama's house, and she put this keyboard on the dining room table, and she says, come here, boy. And I'm like, not right now. I didn't, well, I didn't mean to learn today. <laughs> she said, <laughs> right oh, now. you don't mess with, you don't mess with I tell leader about no music. Now, you come over here and sit yourself down at that boy, and you going to listen and you're going to learn. And that's what happened. <laughs> she worked with me for one hour every Sunday for three Sundays. So if you do the training, if you, if you do the, the, the math, I had three hours piano training. That was it. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, man. It's it's a God-given gift. It took for her to just give me that, and then she had to start a job, and she couldn't teach me no more. So right after church service, she had to go straight to work. So what I did was I put my ears on everything I grew up listening to, and then I came up in a household surrounded with music. It was just music everywhere, from Oscar Peterson to Donnie Hathaway and Stevie Wonder to Parliament. You name it, it was played in the house, dude. And I put my ear on as much as I could. And before I knew it, I was sitting in Birmingham. Where am I at now? I'm in... uh, Mobile Alabama, getting ready to play to a sold out show tonight awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so. oh, I, love
2: it. I I, I love fun. it frank man you you know what's always interesting to me when I talk to musicians, especially piano players uh mm-hmm. is the fact that I always hear this uh, it's it, it's what I'm learning and this it's really a gift because you guys do stuff that regular people don't do when i when I hear musicians say they play by ear. Like, mm-hmm. that's a concept for a non-musician that's very difficult to understand because you, there's some math to it. You've got to know which keys, but you have an ear for which keys to touch, and that's just
0: most- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I like math. I'll be honest with you. I only like math when I'm doing the adding and the multiplying. I don't like subtraction. And division, because I don't like ten Bills. Come on now. Come on. Happy Father's Day, man. So you know happy, what I'm talking about. Happy. And let me tell you something. That's one
2: thing about having children is that, you know, there's always somebody digging in your pocket. Um, you know it.
0: <laughs> and when you dig in there, it's hollow. It's like a cave.
2: <laughs> see that. See, see how we know each other.
0: Yes, Frank, you, yes. your name.
2: one of... The 27 greatest keyboard players of all time by Music Radar. Man, uh, how much of a an honor was that for you,
0: dude? Man, you have no idea to be in the in the in the ranks with Billy Preston and Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea, yeah. little me, dude. I lost my mind when I got that news. I couldn't believe it. I, now, I, really I- can't believe it. I still can't you. believe
2: it. I know, right? I'm going to ask you what I ask anybody from Ohio. What is you all is y'all? What what is in the water
0: in Ohio? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. That There's a lot so of many... gifted cats. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of gifted cats just in Cleveland alone where I'm from. So many gifted people in Cleveland, but it takes a gifted person with some sense to get the heck out of there and stay out of there. So I got to give it up to I got to give it up to my girl Yvette Yvette Nicole Brown, the actress, is one of my yes, best friends, yes. man. Th- she is that's such a good cool friend of mine. Of-
2: yes, I love her. She's
0: a sweetheart, man. Me and her, we came up in the same talent shows, and I'm so happy to see her get out of there because I knew she was gifted back then. She was my buddy back then. She's my buddy today, and still consistent. And it takes a special crazy person to get out of Cleveland and stay out of Cleveland. I don't know what it is about my folks in Cleveland, but they get out and they can't stay out. And I man. said, no matter what, come hook a crook. When I finished that tour with the Rude Boys, Laverton and the OJ's in '91, I moved to Philly. When I left my mama's house, I left the state of Ohio altogether. Back in 1991, And I toured as the musical director for the Rude Boys. I mean, I oh a little yeah. more story. I give. I'm gonna give a, a little of my story. Now that yeah. I got a bigger audience, man, and I thank you for this because you didn't have to do this, but you did. So what happened was. After studying with Evelina for three weeks, I learned as much as I could, and there was an old guy that heard me playing piano in my room. I was playing a Fender Rhodes piano. Everybody knows people playing Fender Rhodes. Yes. And uh, this guy talked me into coming to play in the clubs by the time when I was 15. So I started hitting the clubs with the older guys, making a little money here and there, and right. I really didn't have a teenage lifestyle, man. I had to give that up because I helped my mom raise my sisters. Okay. So from there, I started a trio, the Frank McComb Trio at 17, making all my own money, booking all my own gigs, and I didn't know I was going to be doing that at the age of 43, but around the world. Wow. And I'm happy. Yes, I'm man. happy to be saying that. So I'm booking my own gigs at 17, and I became really close friends with Joe Little from the Rude Boys. And we yeah. went to Collinwood High School. I went to Glenville, so I graduated Joe, from the Joey same school B. as Steve Harvey. B. That's, that's my, my boy. Yeah,
1: That's my
0: man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and that can't go back. here. He just sat in with me at a gig I played in Atlanta recently. That's my man. So wow. he, he graduated from Collinwood High School. I graduated from Glenville where Steve Harvey came out of. So I'm a talk All runner. Right. So I've known these guys, the Boys, since high school. So Gerald gets them signed Atlantic. They called me to be the musical director. So my first touring gig, I was M.D. We went on tour in September, what in '91. So and when that tour was done, September '91, I moved to Philadelphia to work with Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And I, from there, I did a lot of session work for Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff. So then I got signed uh, to Motown Records, and I left. I left hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, Frank, wait. Mm-hmm. Gamble, You you did session work with Gamble and Huff. How old were you then?
0: I was 21. Wow. Yeah. I, you know what, man? Mr. Gamble, Mr. Huff, they would pull the tapes from the 70s out of the basement, and they would bring them up, and they would have those original tapes played, and they would convert that stuff so that we can actually, me and some of the other musicians there, could actually make fresh tracks over or underneath, rather, the voices from the 70s. I I heard stuff that the Jays did in the 70s where they still sound like they do today. I love Eddie LaVert. That's one of my mentors, man. Those guys still sound just as good today as they did back then. But to be there to play those tracks, to put music under those voices, man, it just blew me away. Wow. It blew me away that I could go in that basement and get the unreleased music that they never put out. <laughs> they were good guys to me, man. I kid you. God has put me in. I kid you not. God has put me in some great positions, man. Could not have a record company, management, booking agency, any of that. It's all me now for the last ten years. So we'll come to that. So after the wow. tour, after working with Gamble enough, Will Smith, Jazzy Jeff, I signed to Motown. I left Philly, moved to L.A. on November ninth, nineteen ninety-two. I remember like yesterday. And um, that's when life really changed. I ended okay. up doing a record. I did two projects for Motown, but there were so many changes going on with the label at the time. They were bought out by Polygram, and the little guys like me were forgotten about. So, may he, so, wh- and he so, wait, us
2: so, so, wait a minute. That was during the Mo Jazz era. Am I that's right? That's where
0: I was signed. Mo Jazz records. Oh, wow. That's right. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember that I vividly. I remember that vividly because Mo Jazz was my introduction to jazz because... You know, of course. You know, Mo Jazz kind of made jazz cool for younger people, and exactly.
0: uh, I, exactly. I remember
2: that time vividly. That was like the '90s. That was like early '90s. Am I early right?
0: Early '90s. That's yeah. right. You're on point because so, that's when I okay. signed. I signed early '90s.
2: So you signed Mo Jazz. Mo Jazz goes goes away.
0: <clears throat> Mo Jazz goes yeah, away. Mo then J- what? Actually, I went away before Mojaz did. <laughs> I, took off, I took off out of there, man. I had I had recorded two different projects with two different producers, and they never saw the uh, one saw the light of day illegally. That's a whole other story and a bottle of whiskey. But it turned out to be a great day in heaven for me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so may he rest in peace, Joe Busby. Let me walk, and I told him he gave me the choice. He said, "Man, you've been here a couple of years, and it has not been to your favor. What would you like to do?" And I said, I would stay here, but I don't know what Motown is about to do, so I'm, I'd rather go and just take my chances, man. And he let me go. So wow. while I'm waiting on my walking papers, I get a call from someone saying, hey, Branford Marcellus is looking for a singer, and you were highly recommended by Patrice Russian and one of Brantford's best friends. Some wow. guy outside of the industry but knows everybody. So. Exactly. I get this song. It's an old Elton John tune, Mona Lisa's at Mad Hatter's. I demo of the song for Branford. It gets to his ears, and before I know it, I'm in Sony Music Studios with him recording a song. So, uh, within 45 minutes, I'm done. Branford looks at me and says, "Man, for the money I'm paying you, I thought I was going to work you all night." I said, "No, nah, brother, that's why you paying me the money. You pay me. Yeah. <laughs> get in, <and> get out." <laughs> and me and that cat been like brothers. I mean, I just heard from him this morning. <laughs> so me and that cat's like brothers ever since, right? So. I go on a road with I Shiloh Funk, and it leads, um, it leads to a couple of hit songs for me over in Europe. And they were moderate hits here, but they were big over in Europe, and especially this tune called Another Day, Another Day from the album Music Evolution. And it led to my deal with Columbia Records. So in 1998, I signed to Columbia. I recorded my first record, Love Stories. It sat on the shelf for all of 99, so I toured with Frankie Beverly and Shaka Khan during that time so I could feed my family. And right. I just got tired of waiting on Columbia to put the record out. So me, Branford, and uh, my manager then Tammy Shaka's sister, we went in there and fought the company, and, uh, and and said, "Hey, we need to get this record out." And finally, they put the they put the record out, and they only put out like twenty five thousand copies. And said, "Okay, if it sticks to the wall, then cool. If it don't, oh well." <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and it didn't wow. stick because they didn't push it. But yeah, exactly. people are still saying they love that record as though it's I just released it. Now we're talking wow. years later. And they're still talking about that record. So I put out that record for Columbia. I put out another record for an indie label, which was a good record, but I hated the company. I won't even mention them. They don't even deserve to be mentioned. <laughs> wait, wait <a>
1: minute, <laughs> even, bad, even, even bad
0: publicity is good publicity for them. <laughs> Frank, so I'm not going to, to say they
1: name.
0: They don't even want it. Trust me, my mind might fall off if I mention that company again. <laughs> so so, so I put out cup. the truth. You know what I mean? So, again, yeah, well, I put out The Truth, Volume 1, in 2003. But while that record is being pushed, I noticed that uh, the record I did in 95 for Motown was uh, circulating over in England. I had just opened for Incognito. And I'm signing autographs in a room, about 150 people. And 20, about 20 of these people came up to me with a copy of this record that wasn't supposed to be released. Now, mind you, Billy Preston's on this record. Harvey Mason's on this record. Doc Powell my Marcellus, Tony Maiden from wow. Rufus, Freddie Washington from Forget Me Nots with Patrice Russia. All these people supported me on this record. And this guy is selling the record. I won't even mention who he is. He ain't worth it. But he was part of that record company team.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, he's selling this record for 25 pounds that at the time was 50 us dollars
2: yeah that's like that's like it's like a thousand dollars yeah it was it
0: was double over there and so yeah. during that time it was double you know the, the british pound is beating the dollar up the is a punk compared to the exactly. pound exactly. so i'm like how did you get this and everybody told me how they got it what they paid for it the whole night and i got home and i said you know what if a thief can steal from me then i can steal from myself and do oh. just fine Come so what now. i did was i went into my studio and i pulled 10 songs uh, 12 songs out of what I call my, my vault, my recording studio, Booby Scoop Music. And I put those songs on a CDR and I just wrote on it. Frame a call straight from the vault. And I said, from this day forward, I'm going to stop taking this business so serious. Man, I got a call from, uh, no, I went to Cleveland first, my hometown. Told my story, sold the whole bag. So I took that money, went and bought some more CDRs and just kept burning them. Writing, frame a call straight from the vault. Got called from Layla Hathaway. We went up to Oakland, played Yoshi's. So the whole day.
2: Yoshi's a great uh,
0: spot. Yeah, it's a cool spot. They they just need to stop playing around and book me because I got fans up there mad. I already (laughs) know. I already know. I know (laughs) know
2: it's it's a great community in Oakland, man. You a smash Oakland, but let's go. Yeah.
0: Man, I love, I love Oakland. I do. I love Oakland. I just wish the club would just say, come on, let's do something. So all in time, all things in this proper time. So Leo and I go to Japan and we play the Blue Note. I sell a crap load of records there, too. So I just said, okay, I must be on to something. So I took all the money that I made from CDs, and I put it into actually building my little record company, Boobie Scoot Music, B-O-O-B-E-E-S-C-O-O-T. And I named it after my daughter. At the time, that was her little nickname. My wife, when she first started calling, she called her Boobie Scoot. Oh, little Boobie Scoot, Boobie Scoot. And I said, I know that name is going to clear the counter recorder's office. And nobody going to have that name. <laughs> yeah, so you, that's how I got get, that you, name.
2: You can get boobiescoot.com right now.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. That's my record label. People can buy oh, all my yeah, records right there. Got that oh yeah, label. oh yeah. People can buy my records from there right now if they wanted to. They can go straight there. Boobiescrew.com. Now no, no, Frank, now
2: Frank, let, let's let's do this, man, man. Because you, you know what? What I'm hearing as I listen to your story is you've never been afraid to bet on yourself. Like speak you to can't. Speak you to can't. what that is for you, man.
0: For me, it's called the spirit of boldness. God has given me to get. Give. he's given me with the spirit of boldness since the time I was a child. You know, you don't just leave your mama house and move to another state and just be a nomad, don't know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> with 20 bucks in your pocket, you know, and I had to carry that same spirit of boldness even down to booking my own concerts around the world. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've been doing. People reach out to me directly because I've, I've been assigned one booking agent, I won't, I won't mention them, but they only had me on the roster just strictly for numbers and names. And yeah. they never booked one show for me, and I said, "Never again will I allow a company, a situation, or anything to tie me down." Now, I don't mm. mind. I don't mind signing to another label. I don't believe in in bad record companies. I just, I I don't believe in bad business. I'm allergic to that.
1: <laughs>
0: That's my problem.
2: I break out and hide. <laughs> you know, well, no, I'm allergic to bad about, business. <laughs> let's talk about that, uh, Frank. The, business of what we do because, I mean, yeah. list, listening to you, your journey is very similar to mine in terms of, you know, I've always largely handled a lot of my business because the people I've hired along my journey wasn't working as hard as me. Is that what you Oh, want yeah. To?
0: I went through that, man. I, I, I went through that. I did. And it's crazy that you mentioned that. It's like everybody that I brought along to work with me during that time in my period of my life where I was trying to find my way, I had people um, that just, how do I say this? Um, I'll put it to you this way. For me, when I gave people a little leeway, they took it and ran with it. And all of a sudden I was working for them, you know, or they became possessive or controlling. And at the end of the day, it started costing me work. It started costing me money. And and I got a family to feed. Anytime you cost me a concert because you're bringing your other clients on to try to throw them on as a package deal to get double pay, and then me. cause me to lose that gig, then you just took money out of my son and daughter's mouth. You just took a date away from me and my wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. So wow. I got tired of it. And nobody's going to look after you and yours like you. So, you know, roll up your sleeves and get in there and do the job. You know? And that's no. what I've had to do all my career. Even to this day, I have to do that.
2: I, I completely love it. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Mr. Frank McComb. Frank, man, um, you sing, you play. Um, let's talk about this because uh, as I watch the landscape of the jazz community, what used to be a great forum for jazz uh, in, the, like, the jazz fest is now yeah. becoming an R&B fest with one <laughs> jazz
0: artist. I thought it was just me. It's been like this for almost ten years now. <laughs> <laughs> like as, as an artist,
2: like I mean, what does that do to your community? Because I mean, you got guys like you that's gonna eat no matter what. But what does it do to the to the guys that's coming behind you? Because they don't have anywhere to kind of grow in front of
0: people. You know what? I'm not trying to name drop, but I just had a conversation with Stevie Wonder about two weeks ago about this, mm-hmm. and I, I told him I said I'm afraid for the industry and where it's going. And I had to take his advice and just leave it in God's hands. He said, Frank, yeah. God is never going to stop making gifted people. It's just a matter of getting them into the right places to be seen and heard. Now, I'm going to ask God how to get in front of them people and be seen and heard. <laughs> because I've been here for years, and I have not been plugged into the festival scene for some reason. Like really? all the jazz festivals? Yeah, because I'm seeing where the smooth jazz artists and the R&B artists are now... You know, seeming, it seems like that's what the festivals consist of. I mean, anytime, and it's not the slider, I love this chick, though, it's not the slider. Anytime you see Mary J. Blige's name on a jazz festival, something's wrong. It,
2: it don't make sense. So,
0: you know, I, I mean, remember when Joe, I, I remember... I see Jazz I know,
2: Fest with, with mm-hmm. hip-hop artists on it. I'm like, what the Exactly.
0: Fuck? Exactly. This? That's exactly. Wow. You, you, you are so right. And it's like leaving no room for a guy like me. Because me, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a smooth jazz artist and I'm not a hip-hop or so what they call today's R&B artist. Mm-hmm. That's okay. not me. The best way to describe what I do is Donny Hathaway and Stevie Wonder meets Herbie Hancock Herbie and Chick Corea circa 1973. You're not wow. going to find that. And you're speaking to Frank's publicists now. You're not speaking to the <laughs> artist at this point in this conversation. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And so if it sounds like I'm being a little arrogant, I'm sorry. I don't mean to come off that way to the public. But who's going to speak up for me? If I don't speak up for me, you've got to be your own now. first fan. If you can't be your own first f- out the game. Wow. Don't get in it. And if, you ain't afraid, if, you, if you're afraid of what people are going to say about you because you have to speak up for yourself, get out the game. It ain't for you. Go drive a truck or something. And I've and I got friends that are truck drivers, so it's not just like them. Go own a restaurant. You know, don't get in the music business. If you're insecure anywhere in your life, you can forget it. They'll eat you up. That's wow. the truth.
2: Man man yes. man I got, I got to be honest Frank man this is one of the most refreshing calls and and this is what's dope to me is that through all the adversity you continue to create a way I I won't even say find a way cuz find a way indicates that it was an accident you are creating <laughs> wait and, and 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 a career man like as as you're following grows and builds and you selling out shows like is it more rewarding for you because you've done it this way
0: actually yeah and you know what i don't mean to preach or sound like bishop Jakes or bishop td jake B- bishop jones who i love i love those guys oh but i love no jones you. is
2: my guy i like
0: him yeah i love but i love city refuge man i'm telling you what i have to say that i am truly truly a walking testimony that that no matter what man says, if they say no, he, God is going to say yes. He's going to say yes, and it's going to be in his time. And when it's in God's time, you'll respect it. So what I've learned to do is respect my career. I've learned to respect my calling. I've learned to respect what he put me on as left to do. And I was, It obviously was not meant for me to get my, as the world says, success through the likes of a record company because I'm doing the same thing and playing the same places that all these other cats are playing. My name is on the same festival bills in some countries. Not all countries, not all festivals, but some. I can say I'm there. I'm much further today than where, I, than, than, than where I was 10 years ago. So I must be doing something right. But I have to say, it's not all by my own doing. There's a higher power, man, because there's no way in the world I'm supposed to be where I'm at in the world's eyes. It's impossible. I had a record company tell me, Frank, you will never be able to sell your own music. No artist can ever sell his own music and be successful. He told me that 10 years ago, and I'm still here wow. talking to Rodney Perry.
2: Come on, dog. Come on. Now, I'm being hey, honest, y-
0: man. I'm being honest.
2: Hey, y'all, this is Rodney w- Perry. you tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. I got my man Frank McComb on the line. You guys, he's got his social media up and running. You can check out the website. It's uh, frankmcomb.info. Or if you're international, you can go frankmcomb.de. Uh, the, web, uh, the the uh, the record company website is boobiescout dot com. That's b o o b e e s c o o t dot com, named after the baby. Uh, on Twitter, he's at he's at Frank McComb fans, and on Instagram, the IG he's at Frank McComb. That's F R A N K M C C O M B. Man, I'm, I'm on your IG. And uh, looking at your Instagram, man, and you know, <laughs> man, man, wheel down, and I see everybody That's on here, man.
0: You, That's you what I That's <laughs> We were just That's getting it last week. <laughs> yeah. I see you. Man. I see you
2: getting it, dude.
0: That's what I do, man. And you know what? I'm, I'm honored to say, I'm honored to say that I am now 13 CDs in, and 10 of those CDs, I'm sorry, is, what is 13, 11 of those CDs are solely controlled by me. So That's awesome, uh, right? yeah, the latest the latest two CDs I put out two records at the same time last year is live in Johannesburg. So I went to Johannesburg, South Africa, and, and recorded a trio record at the bitter, at, at the um, no at the Lyric Theater last year. And uh, this record, man, is so overall, we did this record like they did records in the seventies and eighties. The how they did live records? You recorded the feel. It wasn't like you know each song got to be five minutes long, six minutes long, four minutes. Long. No, you recorded the experience, and that's what it is. Wow. So live in Johannesburg is definitely an experience. And then I recorded live at the bitter end, remembering Donnie Hathaway because so many people asked me to do tributes, so many people asked me to come and do concerts, you know, honor Donnie, I had to have something to give them. And then on top of that, folks have been asking me to do a tribute to Donnie on wax, or should I say on plastic now, for the I last know, right? 10 years or so. But I was Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was uh, reluctant to do it. I didn't think I could pull it off, but when the Bitter End asked me to do the record, and, and, I mean, yeah, I had just told them about the live in Johannesburg record that I had recorded, because I had a gig at the Bitter End right after I did the record in Johannesburg. And they said, why don't you do a record here? And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And I, I couldn't tell them no, because I learned from Roy Ayers, when they asked him to do coffee, he said, yeah, I can do a soundtrack. He had never done a soundtrack ever, but he said, <laughs> you can't I tell them no. <laughs> you yeah. never tell them no, because they'll never call you back. <laughs> so I didn't tell them no. And uh, when I finished talking to Kenny Gorka over at the Bitter End, I said, how in the world well, am I going to do this record? Because it's just me. I don't have no financial backing. I, I can't put musicians up in New York. It's going to cost too much. So I talked to George Benson. And Benson told me who's been, who's been my mentor since I was 17. Benson wow. told me, Frank, you take your recorder, and just like you did that last record, you go into New York, and you hook it up to the board and record it by yourself. And if there's ever a time and a place you want to give tribute to Donnie, that's the time and place, because he did his record. Donny Hathaway Live came out in 72. He did half of that record at the bitter end. And he said Donnie never recorded a record of his own music, just him and the piano, a whole record. He said, that's where you want to do it and pay tribute, because George was there when he did his in 71. Wow. So I was like, now i got to do this, listening to the legend, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad man, I did.
2: Man, you're constantly um, uh, creating constantly the consummate businessman um, they told you you couldn't and you are um, what can the people look forward to it uh, 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 well yeah, at mobile alabama tonight,
0: tonight. <laughs> sold out yeah. I just played I just played Sarasota uh, two nights ago sold out I'm finally getting to play in America again but now I'm hitting places that I had never played before and selling these places out mobile this is my first time playing mobile Alabama you know, Sarasota so, was my first you, time in Sarasota this. a few days ago. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Frank. What what is it about Europe that
2: embraces the American jazz artists, or a lot of American artists that may or may not, you know, have that that lucrative following in America? What what yes. is it about over there that you know allows us to to make a living that that's not here? What's the difference? Well, for one,
0: they keep their ears to the ground. You know, and I I don't I believe America, I believe the buying public here in America, I believe they keep their ears to the ground, too. But the difference between the two is you don't so much have to rely on the people in Europe, you know, because for some reason the people that run the clubs or whatnot, they seem to keep their ears to the ground, too. Because my first concert in Europe as Frank McComb was in London, England, at the Jazz Café. A lady named Lucy Whitehead, who booked the place at the time, knew all about me and reached out to me and booked me. But here in America, the people in the seats of power and influence don't keep their ears to the ground. That's what's sad. But the people, the by public, they do, and they become very frustrated that I'm not in their city. And I right. say, well, you all have the power. Reach out to your local nightclub and raise it. Exactly. I'll come. You yeah. know, wi- wi- without, without your money, they can't exist. Without your money, I can't do what I do. So the yeah. people tell me when I can go on vacation. People tell me when I can. People tell me <laughs> when I can buy new shoes.
1: People yeah. tell me when I
0: can. People tell me what my budget is, you know. So you wow. have to raise hell. You, as the people, have to raise the hell. So especially in America, but over in Europe. And we ain't going to even talk about Japan. Japan, the Japanese would tell me every record I've been on, now I ain't talking about my records, but all the records that I guest appeared on, all the records I played on, what years they came out, what keyboards I used. (laughs) Literally. Really? And I have, yes. I I, kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. And, man, I'll be honest, the the record companies don't think that there's a market for this. That's a lie, because I wouldn't be living the way I'm living. I wouldn't be traveling, and I have kids coming to my shows. I kid you yeah. not. You're global, man. I mean, coast.
2: Stockholm, Sweden, Rotterdam, and Holland, man, it's it's London, you know. I mean, you, you're you're really a global artist, man. I, it's It would seem to me it would be a no-brainer. Um, but, you know, again, you know, like, like Stevie said, it's all in God's hand and
0: God's time. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool. Sometimes, you know what, that, that the one thing that we all as humans have a problem with is that patient thing. That word patience is difficult, dude. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm ready now. I'm ready. I'm ready to be in front of these people. <laughs> but all in, all in this proper time. I, I, would much rather, I would much rather get the favor from the right people the right way at the right time. Like, for example, I have been asked to do a radio show by many people. Now, I had a radio show with another station over in Europe, but it didn't work out so well. But now I have another, I have a radio show now, and I, I, it was the right time with the right people in the right place. It's wow. called The Living Room. Yeah, it's Loved. called The Living Room. And, you know, and, and and it's working out for me. It's helping me to to, to uh, sell more records, believe it or not, because I get yep. to play whatever I want to play on this show, and I get to play all my own music. I could do a whole show of my own music if I wanted to, because that was the requirement. They said, Frank, you got to play your own stuff. So how is it that a man in my position who Come can on never get... The support of mainstream radio now get you a know, worldwide <laughs> internet radio show and, and the numbers are growing each week <laughs> that's what Wait, i said my this, life this, is not this
2: is what, this was gangster frank they say you have to play your own music
0: exactly that's what i was saying wow. you got to play your own music and wow. they get mad at me when i don't sing on the show like i need to sit down <laughs> at a piano and saying on the air. They, they've really wow. given me that kind of love. That is, that, that's is that—that's God. My life is not the norm. And I'm not being funny, but my life is not the norm. And I think that's one of the reasons or probably the main reason why my, my career has gone the way it has.
2: Take me here, you know? Frank. Take,
0: take me, um,
2: I, I, say, I was saying this to my wife recently, um, mm-hmm. that when everything is good, it's, it's easy to be faithful. You know, when everything is, you know, good, it's like, you know, I know God, you got me. Take me to the, the, the that point before it, it got good, when you had to really go. Okay, God, you said you had me. Now uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that ain't <is> easy, bro. <laughs> I'm to tell you, that's hard. But you know what? I'm telling you, if you just hang in there and just stick, just stick it through, man. Stick it through. See it through then I promise you it's better on the other side. A lot of us say, and I used to say this all the time, God, get me out of this situation. Get me out of this because I'm tired of going through this. I'm frustrated. People ain't getting me. I'm tired of the world saying I'm difficult because they don't understand me. I'm getting Mm. sick of that. I mean, mean, I've had uh, companies try to put uh, rumors on me. I had a publishing company. I won't mention them fools either, but I had a publishing company that kept promising to put me with different artists that had name value, writing value, yada, 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 Right. and they never, they never could because they didn't understand my style of music. Well, why did you sign me? Those are the things that frustrated me. Why did you right. even touch me if you didn't plan to do right by me? So I had to get over that bitterness, that anger, the whole nine. We say, God, get me out of this situation. No, get me through it because that way I can learn it. And I had to learn that from my wife. She said, Frank, we got to get through it. Don't, don't ask God to get you out of it because if he, if he gets you out of it, you ain't learned nothing from it. And you're going to be right back in the same position, in the same situation, probably another six to seven months from now. Give it a year, top. And she was like, right. wow. just stick it out, just like Joe did, just like Joe did. Stick it out. Go through the mess. Just don't curse him and die. Come mm. <laughs> on now. You <laughs> said, come on, and just curse God and get on out of here. You know, come on, I'll see you in the next lifetime, man. No, you can't do that. Get through it. Learn the lesson from it. And then you'll appreciate it, man. You'll appreciate it. You become a, You you become a much wiser person behind it, you know. And it's tough getting through them tough times, man. Staying faithful to the situation. I wanted to quit this business many, many times. I'm wow. not gonna lie. But you can't give up on what God calls you to do, man. That's that's the end in itself. You can't hey, do it. Don't well.
2: Do it. Well said, man, Frank. Man, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. I, I feel like we can really go another hour. You know, because
0: well, we, we, we really just <laughs> we just we just we just
2: scratching the surface, man um I, I got a friend of mine that's a jazz saxophonist. He just signed with a label. he was so excited, but as a friend, I'm worried for him because I know the landscape, I know how difficult it is for upcoming artists, and I told him mm-hmm. I said, dude, I said, you're in a similar position as me like you're you're only." I mean, you 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 can be super talented, but mm-hmm. the way the landscape is set up, you're only as good as you are famous. Like people, exactly, people have to know <laughs> you exist. And he was he was telling me this story about um, how how somebody you know he had signed with the company, and the company wasn't really doing what they said they were going to do. And I think it's really like what you were just saying. It's like they don't know what to do. Like you have to understand that even when you get representation, you your work is just beginning.
0: Yeah, you yeah, it's true. You know what? You can have all the representation you want and all labels you want, but first off, if you don't know your value and if you don't know you, mm. you is in trouble. You better know where. You better know you. Now, see, that was a mistake I made. I think I really believe that that's one of the mistakes I made when I signed to Motown. I was still trying to find Frank McCombs sound, I was still trying to find a frame of calm as an artist, as a young man, and you don't want nobody to know you better than you, and the mm. first thing they'll know about you is that you don't know you, and you're in some trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's the first thing. For two, no record company wants to hear an artist tell them what's best for them and be right. Wow. Just, wow. You know, no record company wants to hear an artist tell their label hey, this is what I need to be doing. Can you get me, hey, forget putting a bunch of money in a video. If you make a video, making a video of me live in front of a group of people, get me a tour bus and put me on the road. Don't give me that kind of money to be dumping into a video to be on TV that's not promised to be played. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, do that. don't give me that kind of money for that. Put me on the road and give me some tours support. Let me get in front of the people so I can sell records and do concerts. That way you yeah. can make good money off the records, and I can make my money off the shows to take care of my business. Now, I don't know where really, a really company want to hear that.
2: They don't want <laughs> to hear,
0: hear. They don't want to hear what's best for them. No, they don't want to hear it, not from an artist. No, because when they sign you, they're supposed to have that marketing scheme down. Mm.
1: They,
0: they wow. supposed, they're supposed to know what to do when they sign you. Don't sign me and tell me to get up from the piano. Eddie Laverta killed me because he told me when I was young. He said, man, if you ever let a record company make you get up from the piano, I'll choke you to death myself. I would never sing, man, when I first started out, the Frank McCauver Trio. I was just playing the piano and holding a crowd with just the piano and a band. And Eddie and Joe used to tease me all the time. Joe would say, you know that. And Laverta say, what, G You say, Frank don't want to make no money. <laughs> the terrible thing. Frank no don't want to make no money, Pop. He don't want to make no money. He won't there, his mouth say. <laughs> wow. He said, nah, he don't want to make no money. Nah, he just want to stay a back man forever. <laughs> he used to mess with me all the time, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah, what was, man.
2: What was it that made you go, you know what, I need to step out? What was that moment?
0: Eddie? When a legend tells you to do something, he must see something in you. We talking about a successful mm-hmm. man, platinum I was been in the game longer than I was born. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, it was like Benson. Benson told me because I used to have an issue with people telling me that I sounded like Donnie when I was young. Right. You know, and, and I didn't, I didn't, I was like, you know, ignorant. I'm saying, man, I'm not trying to be him. I'm not trying to be him see Stevie Wonder. I'm trying to be myself. But George told me, man, anytime somebody tells you you sound like a legend, you're a fool not to take it and run with it. They got wow. to tell you something, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, so he had the same issue with with Wes Montgomery. They all said he played like West. He was like, "Cool." <laughs> you can tell me all I right. play like West and I know I don't play like a mess. I play like West. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, call me anything but bad. I'm cool with that.
2: Hey, hey cool you know what? <laughs> you know what, man? That's one thing you are not is bad, man. It is it, it, it's, it's this thing, man. I talk to a lot of people, you know, on this show, but you've dropped so many jewels, man. Uh, The spirit of boldness is something I'm going to take away from this chat because you have to have that to move on. Let's talk about this before we get out of here. You've been independent for the last decade.
1: Yeah,
2: Um, It's kind of a fad now. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. becoming independent because of the you know, the change of the musical landscape with, you know, mm-hmm. digital music and everybody downloading. Um, what is it to be independent now for you and what's exciting about it? What's the good thing?
0: Well, for me, I am literally, literally independent. Everybody else is using just like you said, as a fad, you know. Independent to a lot of people mean you no know, record company. You know, but you're still getting some help somewhere, and that's still good. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you because you're still c- controlling your career. But independent to me means every dime coming out of my pocket. Everything that I'm doing is literally I make every single decision. I book every concert. I record all the records. I mix and engineer my own CDs, and I put them out. Live at the Bitter End. Live at Johannesburg. Yeah, I did those straight from the vault. The first one I did on my own in 2003. I did that. So. The, the enjoyment for me is the fact that I get to come and go as I please without somebody telling me I've got to be somewhere. I don't like being bossed around. we got a problem with that. So my thing is I get to travel, I get to book my own concerts, go where I want to go, and, and enjoy being in those places. I can control my own schedule, my own press, the whole nine. Um, I get to release the kind of records that I want to put out, the stuff that I miss hearing, and it just so happens to be a lot of the stuff that a lot of other people miss hearing. So I get to feed the audience what it is that I definitely hear them asking for versus hearing the people asking for something and having two people at a record label tell me that's not going to Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm hearing from the masses out there in the world that they want this. But I got to listen to two people at a label tell me it's not going <laughs> to
2: and, and And probably two people that ain't been out in the club, they haven't been out exactly. to see nobody live. They don't know what the hell is going on.
0: Exactly, so I don't have to deal with that, as well as uh, me, being, me putting out a record. For example, I put out a Live at the Bitter End, Remembering Donnie Hathaway, and then um, first off, being told how to do it. You know, no, you need a band for this. No, no, you're not going to do it in the Bitter You need to do it at the true order. That's what you did with other stuff. Oh, you need, I don't have to deal with that, the confusion that comes in. And then after releasing the record, being told just a year later that it's time to put out a new one. Well, we just put that one out, and it's still selling. Let's get more right. out of it, because once you put the next record out, the last one might be forgotten about. Oh, we're oh in really, society, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to deal with that. I can, I can take my time and release a record when I feel like it, when I'm ready to give them a good record. I can take my time and focus on putting out good music versus just throwing out a bunch of products for a label, you know. Oh, so that record came out last year. Well, it's old now. It's time for another one. No, I don't have to deal with that. So mm. I thoroughly enjoy Pacing myself, taking my time, and enjoying
2: my career. That's what I'm doing. He's doing it and doing it and doing it well.
0: His name is (laughs) Frank McComb.
2: His name is Frank (laughs) McComb. They know him from Compton to Cairo, Frisco, man. (laughs) He's independent. He's a businessman. He's an artist. He's a singer. He's a piano man. He does it on so many levels. One of the 27 greatest keyboard players of all time. <laughs>
0: that says a lot, man. That, that says a lot. lot. That says a whole lot, and you, man. And you know what? You know what? They said I was one of the 27, and I came in, I think, at 27. So I'm cool with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on, dog. Come
0: on dog. I'm cool with that. I am it know? in a number. When the Saints went marching in, I made it in. Yeah.
2: You, you not only... A uh, top twenty-seven. You also uh, uh, <laughs> top fifty. You're the top one hundred too. You know you top you you top all in there. You in there? So hey, hey, Frank. Man. man, you got you got so so much great stuff, corner. You about to make a Chicago run, Chicago swing. Um, yeah. Uh, 27, 28th, and twenty-ninth um, through the through the Midwest. Uh, uh, let's see, password. Uh, Reggie's Music yeah, Choice. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: and, yeah. Uh, and uh, at the yeah. Hamilton in Wisconsin, you guys uh, mm-hmm. go to the website, uh, check him out. His name is Frank McComb. Please do yourself a favor. If you love jazz, if you love music, you need to have Frank McComb in your life. Man, people can buy all your stuff on iTunes and all that great stuff if they not. Yeah, they can, yep. That's
0: right. They can go to iTunes and get everything there as well. That's right. Wow. Awesome. Thank you, Rodney. You are man, awesome, no, man. No,
2: thank, you. No, thank, thank you, man. It, it is it is a pleasure, and this is what this is the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think as a music as an artist, um, like there are the people that's at the top of the food chain, the 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 Stevie Wonders and the people like that. The comedy world is the same way. There's the Kevin Hart's and whoever the, the you know the, the hot guy at that moment. But mm-hmm. there are those of us, the Frank McCombs, the Rodney Perry's that the people at the top of the food chain aren't a hundred times better than you. You know. Okay. i seen good. See that. i have seen that. They, they're not a hundred times better than you. So it's just a matter of people knowing. And and yeah. man, I, I, I wish you that. I wish that people the world knows. And um man, it it's been a it's been a pleasure to chat. Have a happy Father's uh, Day. Um, hey you. you know
0: I'm, I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad you said that, man. Because you know what? I'm not being funny or trying to bring down nobody else. But a lot of guys won't share the stage with me. They won't share the bill with me. And it's not that I'm trying to upstage or show anybody out. But I can't dumb down what God has called me to do somebody else. So uh, uh, a uh, guy told it.
2: me. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, you may know this guy. His name is G-Mac. He used to play with Mary J. Blige. He uh he used to have a band out in L.A. I used to hang out. And, and I, I remember him telling me one day, he said, Rodney, never dim your light to let another person shine. Never dim your light to let somebody else shine.
0: So, we just need to be headliners. That's all. We just headliners. That's we all. just headliners. Walk in that person. Walk in that Come person. On,
1: Come on, yep, dog. We here, line. everything life.
0: will happen in its proper time. Everything will always happen in its proper time. I believe that.
2: Hey, oh, hey yes. Frank. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Again, his name is Frank McComb. You can check him out on Instagram. He's at Frank McComb. You know, got the <laughs> he got the he got the sexy pictures too. It's for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> for the ladies. He got the, he got the sexy pictures up. I'm gonna just go and say it because I'm comfortable with mine. The sexy pictures. With him, if you want to get in sexy contact chocolate. with him, if you want to get in contact with him, you're sexy but,
0: but you're the sexy child. So what am I?
2: You're sexy the white vanilla, chocolate.
0: Vanilla bean or something. I got to find something. I got to call myself something. I got to brand myself. <laughs> <Did you laughs> sexy vanilla, but, sexy yellow. Did so did you you but but I don't care what y'all say. We ain't never going out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at all, man. FrankMcComb.info, <laughs> <laughs> boobyscoop.com. Uh, on Twitter, he's at Frank McComb Fans. He's active. He's got social media, and he's got skills beyond measure. Frank, thank you so much for coming on, man. Any 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 words to any words to the up and coming artist, man? From Frank McComb.
0: Wow. Thank you, Rodney. Um, just don't let nobody tell you what you can't do if you know that you're good at what you do. Don't be in denial. If if you know you need to go back to the drawing board, then go back to that drawing board. Come back stronger and make your dreams. Reality. Well, you know, nothing comes to dreams. You know, nothing comes to sleepers but a dream. That's what Gap that Band say. I say this: turn that, uh, turn that vision. That's a whole different ballgame. Turn that vision into into reality. You can do it if you know that you're supposed to be doing something and you know that you're good at it. Don't let the world tell you you can't do it. Prove them wrong. Prove yes, them wrong. Well said.
2: Hey, y'all. The man is Frank McCombs. Go check him out right now. Go to boobiescoop.com. And check out this man, this is an awesome human being, or go to FrankMcComb.info. Frank, thank you, thank you, thank you, brother.
0: No, thank you, Rodney. Stay in touch. Let's do this again.
2: Hey, hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You've been listening to RodneyPerry.com. My guest today, Mr. Frank McComb. Remember, have the spirit of boldness. Have the spirit of boldness. Hey, y'all, that's our show for today. Be good. Hey, I'm Rodney Perry, host of Off the Chain on Bounce TV. June 18th and 19th, Bounce TV, Off the Chain, is coming to Charlotte. That's right, to the Comedy Zone. It's going to be incredible. You're going to be there. Why? Because I'm giving away free tickets. Regina, tell them what it is. Rodney, the info's
1: right here. Text Bounce TV to 70403 for your
2: chance to win a pair of tickets to the June 18th show at the Comedy Zone. Don't forget, June 18th and 19th, Comedy Zone, Charlotte.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.